talk on the summer series that we've had on prayer. If you've missed all of the previous weeks, you've missed a great season. But here we're starting to look at the prayer of recollection, where we start to think about what God's done before and build our prayer life on that. As we read through the psalm, we, we got a glimpse of what the Israelites had been through, and they remembered what God had done before. Let me give an example, a modern example. This is about five years ago, um, a friend um, was setting up a letting agent business. He'd worked in an agent, he had a lot of friends in the industry, and he'd found some people who wanted to work for him. He'd bought an office, he'd, he'd bought an office, he'd bought a computer system, he'd uh, put all the furniture in, um, and I went and visited him about two weeks before it was due to start. And it was great. I mean, the office was phenomenal. He even had a fountain in the reception area. It was, I just couldn't believe it. This is, this, he was going all out as a letting agent. And, um, and I got there, and he had a meeting with the, the people who were, who were going to come from another agent and work for him. And as I was there, they turned up, and they went down to... They had a meeting room in the basement, and I went down to the meeting room with, with my friends, um, and then they all filed out sort of 20 minutes later. And, um, and my friend came up, and he was devastated because they decided they weren't going to come and work for him. Um, and it, he had, he'd spent a lot of money getting this to this point, and there was two weeks to go. And so we went off for a drink. We went to a pub. Um, I bought him a shandy. And we, we talked. We talked over our friendship, the things that we'd done in the past. We talked about sort of where we've had difficult times before. And we talked about sort of our experiences and how we'd got through those in the past. And off the back of this conversation, we came to a, a, an agreement that actually I'd help him and we'd, we'd start up anyway. Two weeks' time, we were going to start this business, just the two of us, rather than sort of four staff and, and my friend, we'd start this business. I knew nothing about lettings. He knew quite a lot. Um, and that's exactly what happened. But it came off the back of us thinking about the past, recollecting our successes and our failures and how we dealt with them before. And actually, this psalm is doing exactly the same. It's looking back at where God has... Um, where God has, has worked with the people of Israel. If we don't remind ourselves of what God's done in the past, we tend to forget all that he can do in the future. So why do we look at the Bible? Why should we look at Psalm 136 for inspiration and teaching on prayer? A psalm that primarily is a, um, a song of praise and worship. It's because it reminds us of the things that God does. Because if we want to live a full Christian life, walking in a living God's power, knowing daily his peace and his presence, seeing him move in mighty and miraculous ways, we need to get one fundamental thing right, and that's our prayer life. Our relationship with God is founded on our time of prayer. And that's so important. It's because it's in time of prayer that it's the time between 
us and God. Prayer was never meant to be a passive monologue. If you want a monologue, go along to a theatre and watch a good actor deliver. Prayer is a conversation with a mighty, powerful God. It's a time of power. We need to not think of prayer as that thing that we rush through first thing in the morning just to go out the door, or a shopping list because, Lord, I need a parking space. Prayer is a two-way, powerful conversation with a living God who's here today. And the only way to learn that is to put the time in. And the Bible is the only, the only true source that we have where we can see how people have prayed in the past. We can see how Jesus prayed. Jesus, who was both man and God, who went out and spent time with his Father in prayer. So today, this is where we find ourselves, in Psalm 136. A psalm with a refrain declaring his love endures forever. His love endures forever. A psalm remembering, remembering the, the, who God is, a journey of deliverance, gratitude for great mercies, instruction for prayers of thanksgiving, of power, of hope, of love, of deliverance, of freedom, of inspiration, and never-ending praise. Prayers to the God who hears and rejoices when we engage with him. So by the end of this talk, I hope that you'll see that actually Psalm 136 and recollecting what God has done before is a great place to start in our time of prayer because it gives us a foundation of expectation for the future. How many of us have seen God work in our lives before and we tend to forget that? Whereas actually that should be the foundation of our faith because we know that what's gone before God can do again. So we look at the psalm, psalm of recollection. So let's go a bit deeper. The psalm was probably written by David, um, and it was given to the Levites to sing every day in the temple. We see the refrain, his love endures forever, in a number of places in the Old Testament. In 1 Chronicles 16, verse 41, it was also used at the singing of the dedication of the temple in 2 Chronicles 7, verses 3 to 6. And Jehoshaphat, as he went out to war against his enemies, used the refrain, his love endures forever. The psalm with the great refrain. It was probably used very much like when we read it this morning as an antiphonal response, where the priest or the choir would sing the first line and the congregation would say, his love endures forever. Or it could simply be, the choir singing and answering themselves as they remembered the great things that God had done for them. His love endures forever. In the same way as we say, when we say, God is good, you know that we say back all the time, and then it's all the time God is good. An antiphonal response, which is unusual in the Psalms. We could split the Psalm down. It opens with praise for who God is and what he's done and what he's able to do. It's praise for what he's done in creation. Praise for redeeming Israel from bondage. Praise 
for what he did and his providence towards the Israelite people. Praise for his grace in times of calamity. Praise in remembering that God is the God of heaven. So as we begin to look at the beginning of this psalm, we need to kind of think a bit deeper. At the beginning, we get, um, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. If we look at Hebrew, the first three verses, the word for God in each of the first refrains, so the first, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, the first Lord is a different word from, oh, give thanks to the God of gods. The God in the second God is another Hebrew word for God. And in the third verse, oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords. The Lord is a different word in Hebrew. So let's have a look at that. In the first verse, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. The word for Lord there is Jehovah. This gives a deeper emphasis of God in his existence before time. A self-existent God that was not, a God not created, but a God who was. So the start of this psalm is saying, give thanks to the Lord who existed and has always existed. A God before time, for he is good. And they build on that. The second, the second God in give thanks to the God of gods is Elohim. That designates his character as judge over all. An all-powerful being. So we started with, oh God, you existed before time. And we move in deeper saying, you are the great judge, Lord, over all. An all-powerful being. God of all gods. And in the third verse, to give thanks to the Lord of lords, the word for Lord there was Adonai representing him as exercising rule, a strong lord and master. So we get, give thanks to the God who existed before time, the all-powerful judge, the lord and master of all he's created. So the psalm starts with looking at God, the triune God, from three perspectives and remembering his love and mercy endure forever. When we pray, we mustn't ever forget who God is. And this is what we can take from this as we look at, in the summer school of prayer. We must never forget who God is, his attributes, his power. We're coming before the God of gods who existed before time, who created the world, who is all-powerful and will ultimately be the judge of time, the Lord of Lords. And whilst his love endures forever, we must never lose that awe and wonder of the God that we're coming before. We don't hear it preached very much, but fear of the Lord. Not to be scared of God, but to realize who we're coming before. And I think that's so often lost in the charismatic church, the awe of who God is. And there's a song that 
a children's song that I really hate. And it's, our God is good, our God is great, and he's, a, he's my mate. We can never refer to God as our mate. He is God. We need to be careful on the theology of the songs that we sing because they give the wrong message to the next generation. I remember hearing a story um, Nicky Gumbel told in one of his sermons. And it was about a, a journey that he was taking to work. Uh, he cycles everywhere in London. And he was cycling to London. And like many cyclists, um, uh, I'm sure it's not you. But <laughs> like many cyclists, um, he cycles through red lights. And he shouldn't do that. He, he acknowledges he shouldn't do that. Um, he was in a hurry one morning, and he'd gone through already two red lights, and he went through the third one, and he heard a siren behind him. And he turned round, and there was a police van there, and a police officer got out and came up to him and had a word with him and said, you know, why are you going through red lights? You do realise that although you're a cyclist, you're still um, bound by the rules of the law. <laughs> Nicky Gumbel was brought up, as a, was trained as a lawyer, so I'm sure he was very aware of the law. However, he started with a glib response because he was being careful, and like many cyclists, cycling through red lights, they seem to think that they're beyond that. But as the face of the officer began to change as he gave the glib response, he looked behind and saw the van with bars in the back. And he thought, behind that police van is a police station with a custody sergeant and cells. And behind that, there is a whole legal system that could end up with him in court. He remembered at that point what he was doing and who he was, he was dealing with. And we need to do that in our prayers. When we come before God, to remember that actually we're not coming, we're coming to a loving God who by grace has saved each and every one of us. But actually, we are coming before the God of creation who existed before time and who is ultimately the judge of all. And we must never forget that as we pray. He is overall, there is no one more powerful and he is on our side. But we must address him in the way that's fitting. So the psalm moves on to verses 1 to 3. The God alone who does great wonders. He alone does great wonders. When we come to pray, we must never forget the great wonders that we read in this book. Because we're coming to the God who can do great wonders and has done great wonders throughout history. And not just in here, throughout the history of the church. We've seen God move in powerful ways. So we must come expectant that the God of great wonders can act in great wonders as we pray today. Psalm 136 remembers the God alone who does great wonders. We must recall those great wonders and expect great wonders from our prayers as we pray. As the psalm moves on, verses 5 to 9... I'm going to read them. To him alone does great wonders. 
who by his understanding made the heavens, who spread out the earth upon the waters, who made the great lights, the sun to govern the day, the moon and stars to govern the night. His love endures forever. God is a creator God. And when we pray, we must remember that he is a creator God. He is a creator God who can create still today. So when we are in pain, he can heal. When we are hurting, he can restore us to how we should be. We should recall that creator God as we pray, because he can create today. As we recall what's gone before, Jesus walked and healed many. His disciples healed many. We are in the same vein as disciples today, called to pray for the sick and the vulnerable and the homeless and the broken, because Creator God today will do exactly the same as he's done in the past, because historically we've read it, we remember it, we recall it, and we build our faith and our prayer life on that today. We must do that if we are to be a church that are going to bring the love of Christ to our nation. We must do that today. We must recall the power of the past and act in the day. The psalm moves on. The psalm moves on in verses 10 to 15 where we praise him for his providence towards the people of the past. Let's do the same. I'm going to look at all the verses without the refrain again. To him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt and brought Israel out from among them with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, who divided the Red Sea and brought Israel through the midst of it, but swept Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea. To him who led his people through the wilderness, to him who struck down great kings and killed mighty kings, Sihon, king of the Amorites, and Og, the king of Bashan, and gave their land as an inheritance, an inheritance to his servant Israel. He remembered us in our low estate and freed us from our enemies. When we pray, we are praying to a God who has gone before and has watched out for his people throughout history. The church will never die because it's God's church. And when we come to pray in difficult times, let's recall the difficult times that people have had in the past. You look at Paul's life. He was imprisoned. He was beaten. He was shipwrecked. He was hated. But God did mighty things through that man. If Paul had not stood up, I'm sure the church would not be here today in the way it is. If he'd just given up, if he hadn't spent time on his knees in prayer, remembering the difficult times that the Israelites had been through in slavery in Egypt and the journey through the desert to the promised land. When we pray, we must recall in difficult times that God's people have been through difficult times in the past and God has always delivered them. In the winter, winter is just a season. Spring comes, new shoots grow, and summer arrives and we bear the fruit. 
Verse 25, we're getting towards the end. You'll be pleased to hear. He gives food to every creature. When we pray, we must remember God is our provider. He provides for us in abundance. He loves us. And if you love someone, you give them the best. If a child asks for bread, who will give him a stone? Which father will give him a stone, we read in the New Testament? When we pray, we mustn't feel ashamed to ask for God's help. Because actually, as we ask for God's help, what we're doing is we are saying, Lord, we rely on you and not on ourselves. That's a message I need to hear because I'm an ultimate control freak and like to control my entire environment. But actually, I can only rely on God, our Father. I know that God provides. Eleven years ago, I left um, a really good job with a really good salary um, and started a business. And somehow, God provided throughout all of that time. Our standard of living didn't drop once. Elaine will tell you that. I have no idea how that happened, but it was God's provision. I know it's God's provision because it was nothing that I did. And I, I'm, I know that I now work here. But it's just phenomenal. I look back, I cannot believe how much God provided for us as a family. And I am so thankful. His love endures forever. It was great because not only did God provide, I was able to spend more time with my children when I worked um, in Barclays, which was where I was working, I worked long hours. I often had to go to, to London, and I barely saw my children. When I left Barclays, I took my children to school every day. And I've taken my children to school pretty much every day throughout all of their school life. And I am so thankful for that. So, so thankful. And God has provided through all that time. So when we pray, we must remember the past. I will always remember in difficult times financially that God's provided through that period of 11 years. And I'm sure that you all have stories where God's come and provided at the last minute. The final verse. Give thanks to the God of heaven. His love endures forever. Our prayers must always be filled with thankfulness because though we are not worthy, Jesus has reached out and called us into his presence. This is where the reading in the New Testament kind of comes into its own in Luke. Where we look at the Last Supper. This was God coming down to earth to bring us to a place where he could forgive us and invite us into his presence. The Last Supper we remember now as the time where Jesus told his disciples where he was going and what he was doing for them. That he was going to shed his blood and his body for each one of us so that we could know God in a very real way today.
And it was because God's love endures forever. So though we may feel we let God down all the time, that we fall short of a great and powerful God, because of Jesus we can come before him today and give our lives to him. And he will say, I love you. So we learn from Psalm 136. When we pray, we mustn't forget who God is his attributes, his power. We are coming before the God of gods, the judge over all, the Lord of lords, but the judge who loves us, who sent Jesus to save us so that we will not get wiped off the face of this earth, that we can come into his presence and pray and ask him for our needs. Secondly, Whilst his love endures forever, we must never lose the awe and wonder of who God is. Because if we lose that, we limit what we can ask him. But if we remember he is the creator God, we can ask him for great miracles. And then when we ask, just sometimes we receive. He is over all. There is no one more powerful and he is on our side. He alone does great wonders in prayer and we can boldly request of him for great wonders for us today. He is a creator God who we can come to and ask for healing and restoration and he will answer. Maybe not always in the way that we expect but he will always answer. We must remember God is a jealous God who looks out for his people. In the psalm, David was recalling the journey of the Israelites. And God stood with them through the difficult times and carried them through. As they cried out, he was close to them. He provided for them. We remember when we pray, God is our provider. And we mustn't feel ashamed to ask, because when we ask, we are saying, Lord, it's beyond us. We turn to you. And then we must always give thanks to our God, for his love endures forever. Thank you. <laughs> give thanks to the Lord, his love endures forever. Shall we just pray? Lord, thank you. Thank you. That, um, that you are the creator God, that you are all-powerful and holy, yet because of Jesus we can come before you. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, that we may see more of you in our lives. Set fire to our prayer lives, Lord, that we can recall all that you've done in the past, knowing that you are going to do even greater things in the future. Thank you that you hear us and you love us and that your love endures forever. 